0: Welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host Dawn Fisk. Welcome to this podcast and thank you for choosing it. Thank you so much. Um, Today we are talking about how to have awkward conversations, um, risky conversations or handle conflict and why we should handle conflict and how to do it. Um, so that is the subject for today if you find it helpful please do share it on your social media or tell people about it um, pass on the word That is, you are already doing that I know for sure because I can watch the stats but I do truly appreciate it um, the way to contact me is dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk or visit the website wwwmilestone coaching where you can see my blog, some workshop dates coming up that you could uh, join on Zoom, Zoom workshops that I've got running, or downloadable online um, different programs. Also, of course, don't forget if you do need any coaching at all on any of the subjects that I cover, and it's a whole host of subjects, We go one at a time, you don't have to sign up for a course of coaching, you can just have one coaching session um, on one topic and uh, sort it out, handle it and off you go, you're not tied into something you can't get out of, so always feel free to contact me if there's anything that you would like to sort out and uh, work with me on, then it'll be great to hear from you. But let's crack straight on to handling conflict and having those awkward, potentially awkward conversations. I hope it helps. Today I'm talking about what can be, for some people, quite a dodgy subject, and that is conflict. So it never ceases to amaze me how many friends, relatives and clients say to me, I don't like conflict, I'll do anything to avoid conflict. It's got such negative connotations, hasn't it? Um, It means being upset, it might mean to, what does it mean to you? Um, For some people it conjures up the thought of raised voices, shouting, anger, disappointment, upset, etc. But... It doesn't have to be that way. Conflict doesn't have to be an argument or shouting or aggression. Conflict actually, and I get clients to look at this, can be incredibly um, incredibly positive. It can be a sort of tool for change. What conflict does or an issue being raised does, is it shows that it's an opportunity or a signal that there needs to be a change uh, for both parties. So if there is a conflict bubbling away, whether you're avoiding it or tackling it, it indicates that something's wrong. It's a bit like um, anger. A lot of people avoid anger. They see anger is a very negative emotion and anger management courses and it's bad to be angry it's seen as a very negative emotion but no emotions are good or bad or right or wrong all emotions tr- show us that there is something afoot so anger shows us that there's something wrong something's um there's it's a signal that something needs to be solved or sorted it's the same with conflict Um, so any kind of conflict that raises its head in a relationship or a family or a workplace indicates and signals to us that there needs to be a change and it may only be one person that's annoyed about something and everybody else is unaware of it But if there's one person affected, then it has to have a knock-on effect to everybody else in that team or that family or that relationship. So it is a shared issue for them all because they are, whether directly or indirectly, affected by that upset. So um, we need to perhaps at times change how we see um or reframe how we see conflict if we see it as a an opportunity um it's a good thing it's an opportunity for growth it's an opportunity for development it's an opportunity for constructive creative um discussions and conversations about how things can change or what needs to be changed then it can and improvement then it can be a good thing Um, if we go in with that mindset we're going to approach it very very differently much more openly much more positively and embrace it rather than avoid it so which one are you are you the where are you on the scale of things do you avoid it at all costs and bury it and accept things just for the sake of peace and harmony um and then does it get does it affect you you know bubbling away, um, discomfort, uh, resentment? Um, Do you, you know, harbour it? Do you resent things? They're not healthy emotions. They're not healthy in a relationship. They're not healthy in a team. Um, You begrudge things. uh, You're silently uh, angry. You go home and moan a bitch at home about it or about your boss or about your team member or that colleague that's constantly late he was late again today I had to open up the shop again what happens if I'm ever late or the bus is late he just assumes I'm going to be there and open up so we let it off our chest perhaps at home and then go in in the morning smiley don't say a word let it fester let the negativity breed. And that will come out somehow, even if it's that, you know, you don't work well together or, you you know, there isn't a friendship or consideration or you won't um, help them when they need a day off, you won't be flexible with your annual leave or something like that. It is so much better to talk these things through, so much better to reach a solution or let them know so that they can grow, they can develop, they can uh, improve. Because often, um, often it's a blind spot. If we don't know what our faults are or our weaknesses are or our areas for development, um, if we're completely unaware of that and blind to it, we are never going to change it. We can't because we don't know it's there. And it's only when someone has been kind enough... <laughs> that that always gets some of my clients looking with their eyebrow raised. Kind enough, yeah. If someone is kind enough to sit us down and tell us how that behaviour, that action, uh, you know, that approach is affecting them or the team or the productivity or in, in the family or whatever negatively then once we're aware of it we have the choice to change to grow to improve and we may well benefit as a result in fact i would almost hazard a guess and say with certainty that we will it's a win win everybody benefits because the team are happier the department is smooth it runs more smoothly the atmosphere improves etc so what i want to say first the first takeaway is Do not avoid conflict because you think it's negative. It doesn't and shouldn't be negative. Handled well, conflict is a positive thing. Handled well, it's an opportunity to improve something that's not working in a relationship, in a family, um, in a club or class or whatever, or at work, in a team. And if handled well and the issue is tackled and improved it's a win-win thing or if there's disagreement and differences in opinion it can be the opportunity for some really creative solution um, uh, solution raising conversations Uh, things can evolve new ideas can emerge Creative solutions can be um, found by discussing how everybody feels. So therefore, things that had never, ever been considered can genuinely arise from that conversation. Uh, And things can be totally shaken up and totally improved as a result of that potentially risky conversation. That's often why we avoid them. Because we feel there's a risk to it. There's a risk that someone will get very upset. They'll get very hurt. They'll get very angry. They might leave. They might shout at me. Um, We might end up having a row, my husband and I, or something if I raise this. Is it worth it? No. I'll just tidy up myself. I'll just do it myself. I'll just keep quiet etc and so that's a short-term gain because you haven't had a little Barney but long-term that behavior is going to carry on and your resentment will get deeper and deeper and your anger will get worse and worse and it will come out in some other way even if, it, if it's passive-aggressive in a different way um, so what is the risk I suppose that's what we need to see we need first of all we need to reframe it as being a positive opportunity a positive conversation for change and improvement secondly we need to uh, look at what is the risk then why why do I and why am I scared what am I scared of the risk is it that they shout or whatever and that can be addressed by tackling it in particular ways now what made me think of this actually I've, I've mentioned this to you before I think I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts um which is Dr. Chatterjee, have I mentioned that to you? Uh, Dr. Chatterjee, C-H-A-T-T-E-R-J-E-E, um, he's a GP, a medical doctor, um, he does a weekly podcast on all sorts of subjects, you have got to listen to it, all sorts of health, well-being subjects with expert guests every week. The one I was listening to last week was um, about how to have quality relationships and two experts were on there talking about that. Um, Now, where is it? Where is it? Um, I've lost it now. I will find it in a second. Um, So the podcast is called Feel Better, Live More. Have a listen to it. There are all sorts of um, past episodes that you can listen to, previous library of episodes. This one is um, with guests from the, the authors of a book called Connect, Building Exceptional Relationships with Family, Friends and Colleagues. And I love their little strategy, which they talk about. I'll try and just do it some justice. They talk at length about this, but they call having difficult conversations. Um, they, they kind of draw on the analogy of tennis. We've got to stay on our side of the net. So what they say is um, they talk about a concept of being over the net. Um, So we begin by talking about our intention and our behavior and us, our stuff in this conversation. If we ever end up saying you, uh, you do so and so, you make me feel something, You're, you're very thoughtless or you're so selfish or whatever we have gone over the net that's their stuff we're trying to play the ball over the net and we shouldn't do that we should stay on our side of the net in terms of tennis and we should say what the issue is in our eyes you've been late for the past 10 days opening up the shop um and so you're, t- you're giving the reality of you have been late for 10 days now and I've had to open up the shop. Um, if you then said you clearly don't uh, think about my time and you clearly assume I'll be here on time and take it for granted, you take me for granted, let's say, then you've gone over the net, you've you've put an interpretation on that, you've assumed you know what they're thinking, you've assumed you know how they see you, you've jumped over the net and you're playing the ball over there. If you stayed there and said you have been late opening up the shop for the last 10 days, that puts a lot of pressure on me because it makes me know I've got to be on time and worries me that should my bus be delayed, it concerns me that the shop isn't open for the public. We both should be there before nine, etc, etc. So you're, you're owning your specific example, the reality of the situation, the consequences that it has for you, the impact it has on you as you see it not as they see it. You can't say you clearly don't care about this business or you clearly don't care about my time or your time's clearly more important than mine or more valuable or whatever. It's none of those interpretations. We don't know. So they, amongst many other things, and I have summarised that so, so simply that it sounds, um, it's, insignificant is not they explain it really really well they give lots of examples lots of ways of using it so we need to stay on our side of the net i quite like that one um if you want to put it another way we've got to give real evidence for whatever we're saying specific evidence that you have seen not don't don't throw other people in just you own what you're saying So you can't give somebody some feedback and say the whole department believe or everybody says you can't speak for others. It has to be you, your situation, your issue, the evidence that you have, the specific examples that you have um, and how it has impacted on you or how it makes you feel or what you would like to see as a potential solution. So you've got to own that conversation, really. Um, And if you stick with all of that, and therefore you're using the word you, this, you, you, and and that when you say you, I almost, in fact, I'm sat here pointing my finger. It feels very accusatory. Um, So we try not to do that, not to create an atmosphere of accusations, the way to avoid that is, of course, to ask questions. Were you aware that you have been late for 10 mornings on the trot? You've arrived um, past, quite significantly past 10, past 9 for 10 days now, which means the shop has not been open on time, etc., etc. Um, is there an issue? Is there tr- tr- problems with public transport? Have you got um, things that you have to do at home en route is the you know is there anything I need to be aware of what's happening that's making you late uh, is there anything I can do that could help that so we try to hear their side we try and understand what's going on for them ask questions and listen. it may well be that that uncovers it and you can deal with that you can find a solution as a result it may well be that they were simply unaware blase oblivious, unaware, and not really thinking and not really considering it, not knowing what impact it has on you or the business, and therefore that it's a blind spot and they're not going to solve it without you drawing attention to it, without you passively, aggressively, note again, or anything like that, you're dealing with it professionally and um, maturely, I guess, is probably the word. Um, So... If we ask questions and if we listen, then that will give them an opportunity to just talk and bring their side to it, which will then in turn reduce the risk of it, them becoming defensive, becoming angry, etc. We've got to try and work out what their intention is, what their behavior, their understanding is, and the reasons behind it. And then if it's a work situation, and you're giving feedback or you're just pulling them up on um, certain behaviours or um, actions, then after that conversation, you need to, well, during that conversation, you need to create a plan or a solution, steps that they can take in order to improve it uh, agree an action plan or offer a solution together come up with one together and then if it is a work thing it's I would suggest it's pretty important to document that conversation including what steps you've agreed for them to take to try and overcome it and including a follow-up date that you'll get together and discuss it again I need to just take it back a bit if it is a potentially difficult conversation or a conversation with potential risk or potential conflict then the very fact that that there is that potential I would say do not do it spontaneously do it in the right place at the right time with some planning Um, those conversations where it does get out of hand and it does get emotional usually because it's knee-jerk in the wrong place at the wrong time wrong atmosphere wrong approach if it is potentially risky then there's a lot at stake and because there's a lot at stake I would say it's much wiser for you to prepare to plan maybe even rehearse how and what you're going to say get your words around it Um, non-accusatory words quite neutral words factual words um some emotion but only your emotion and how it makes you feel own that um don't put interpretations on their behavior you're thoughtless you're this you're that or whatever don't do that um so i would say if it is a potentially risky conversation plan it book it in have the right setting where other people can't hear, that you're not being overheard by the rest of the team, you're not conscious, you're not trying to keep your voices down, you're not embarrassing them or making it awkward or anything like that, in private at the right time when they're not in a hurry they're not rushing off to catch a bus you're not being overheard you've got time on your side you've got privacy on your side they may need to know in advance roughly what you want to chat about so they may want to consider things and bring their ideas to the table or you may want to have a brief uh, an initial conversation about this and then a follow-up conversation once they've had the opportunity to think about it depending on the subject if it's in a relationship or a family, again, you may not want to raise this subject just as they're leaving to catch a train for work or you're trying to bundle kids in the car for the school run. It needs to be the right place at the right time. For couples, it's often a really good thing if for couples to go for a walk. Um, well, anybody actually, if it's a friendship as well, or even with kids, especially sort of teenage kids or something like that, it's to have that conversation when it's not intense, it's not pressurised, um, sat over the table, you know, eye to eye over the table, all hard and heavy. It's not heavy environment. I would even recommend one of the best places to have one of these sorts of conversations is in a more relaxed, neutral setting, such as out on a walk. There's something about walking side by side because you're not eyeballing each other, you're not full intense eye contact with lots of silences and in, in expectation for good answers immediately you're walking along you can be looking at other things the wildlife nature etc you're not having that intense eye contact there can be companionable silences whilst the other one's considering what you've said or thinking of a solution or whatever so sometimes side by side on a walk or in a car on a, a, a car journey can be less intense and therefore more constructive than sat across the table it Um, with each other with expectations so again if it's family or friends or a partner it it needs to be planned and in the right environment at the right time that actually can be really key getting the timing and the venue correct than when it's heated spontaneous without thought that's when it's likely to erupt into a much bigger more emotional more destructive conversation um, so, but the same things apply. So the right setting and venue and timing, asking questions to try and understand first and hear them out and listen, give proper evidence, proper set examples, real examples that, that for you, owned by you, and then talk only your side of the net about the what the actions are and how it impacts on you um not accusatory about them and also see it as an opportunity to improve things and even say those things so that language about how can we improve this how can we move forward how can we change this um and come up with a solution together and see it as an opportunity to grow even if it's in the family or in the relationship or friendship so um really the key takeaway from today is the cost of avoidance is can be quite high it can just let the rot set in you can become resentful angry, et cetera, and angry etc and that can go on for years and get bigger and bigger and bigger by having these conversations that avoids that um, i mean and it work and uh, It can be costly to avoid having a conversation. It can cost the partnership or the business or their job. In the end, they may just get rid of... In a company, someone may get sacked. Eventually, because of the rot set in a long, long time ago about other things. We don't want that. If things are dealt with now that person can get better and stronger and more able and more productive and more professional. Same in relationships, same in family. Uh, We can gain from it. So, ask yourself, am I avoiding this? And if so, why? What am I frightened of? And the key question is, what is the price of avoiding this? Where is this going to go and what's the outcome going to be if I don't tackle this? Equally ask yourself, what could we gain if we tackle this and improve it? And it gets better. And that could be in your relationship or your job or, and your team, whatever. So think about the costs, think about the gains, think about what will happen if you don't. Think about how things could be if you do and what solutions you could find. Then you've got your answer as to whether to do it or not. And then you need to, to backtrack and work out how, where, when, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, what the possible solutions could be, how you're going to follow it up. So it's having a strategy and then it's much, much easier. So I hope that's helped today. Um, if it's, you want to discuss it further or work on it further, then please do feel free to contact me through the website www.milestone coaching.co.uk and you can drop me an email via uh, the website, uh, look at workshop dates coming up uh, or download online downloadable programs or just follow the blog. Um, So that's all there and all available. Uh, If you have enjoyed this, please do share it on your social media and by the way, it's also available on YouTube. So you can listen or a friend of yours can listen via YouTube, just put in on YouTube search um, life coaching on the move by Dawn Fisk and it will co- come up. There aren't visuals on it. You just listen on YouTube. So that might be an easier way for a friend or relative who doesn't know how to download Uh, podcast yet because a lot of people still don't but they do know how to use youtube most people do so it's there if you want to spread the word or put it on your social media that will be really really kind of you thank you so much and in the meantime i'll talk to you on next week's episode of life coaching on the move